It is said that the British intercepted Zimmerman's telegram by accident. This is actually a misunderstanding because Britain had carried out a lot of preparations before this so-called accident took place. On the night when the First World War broke out, an authorized command that had been ignored under a pile of files since 1912 was quickly executed. It was called the Cable Failure Plan which was formulated by the House of Commons Defence Committee, HCDC. Britain had been on guard and successfully discovered the exact locations of Germany's five transatlantic cables under the sea. After the outbreak of the war, the German army headed for Belgium, while the British ships took their time to find the cables and cut them off. As a result, the wire communication in Germany was still unrestored by the end of the war. During the war, if Germany wanted to contact Mexico, it had no choice but to use radio telegraphy. Please note that they did not have the instant communication technology we currently use, but a very inconvenient communication route. Germany needed to first transmit the encrypted telegraph to Sweden which had a wireless communication station. It would then be sent from Sweden to the Swedish ambassador to Mexico who would finally deliver it to Mexico. It was such a circuitous and inefficient route that Germany surely didn't want to use it. Germany was left with only one other option which was to use America's diplomatic cables. The US cables were much more convenient than the previously mentioned method, but the message had to halfway pass through London. The crafty Britons couldn't miss this golden opportunity. Ironically, President Wilson had been acting as a war mediator and had generously approved the use of these cables by Germany. The Evening Post in New York even published a piece of news with words our friend Zimmerman in the title. Unfortunately, this American friend was scheming against the United States and taking advantage of its cables. On the other side, the British were more conscientious. When initially cutting off Germany's submarine cables, they took certain precautions. By using a telegraph company, Britain secretly copied all of Germany's messages that passed through the American cables. In other words, as long as a message was transmitted via these cables, it would be intercepted by the British. To decode the encrypted telegrams that they had intercepted, the mysterious Room 40 of the British Intelligence Service was set up accordingly. It was this office that was responsible for decrypting more than 15,000 German encoded telegrams during World War I alone. At the beginning of its establishment, this office had recruited a large number of intelligence talent. At the head of this room was Captain William Reginald Hall, the famous director of naval intelligence. Captain Hall was well known not just for going his own way, but also for his foresight. The very first thing he did after taking over Room 40 was to move the office into an isolated apartment building. Room 40 has since then been relocated many times with its environmental conditions continuing to become better and better. However, they still used this common name in order to not arouse the public's curiosity. Even though Hall knew nothing about decryption, he had seen how talented the intelligence agents were. Therefore, he took control of all the British espionage operations worldwide. For this reason, Hall was described as someone who had knowledge of every conspiracy and secret throughout the war. It's not enough to merely have decoding experts and spies all over the world. The British still needed to get Germany's code books. Interestingly, Britain managed to obtain three German code books in total. The first two were acquired through means outside of normal spying. The first code book came unexpectedly after Russia sank a German warship. Russia which was an entente power immediately had the code book delivered to Hall. The acquisition of the second code book was even more dramatic. A local tribal leader in Persia captured a German official who had fled during the handover to Britain, leaving his baggage behind. 
However, the official was very upset about the loss of the baggage. Hall keenly sensed something unusual. Using specific methods, they eventually found the second German code book in his baggage. It took some effort to get the third code book. Hall found that an engineer of a German communication station, although German, originally was born and grew up as a young man in Britain. Through simultaneous allegiance to Britain, Hall then convinced him to copy a small portion of information from Germany's code book every day. Little by little, the engineer managed to smuggle a copy of the whole code book three months later. In order to not alert Germany of the code book, the British quietly had the engineer silenced. It was through the assistance of this code book that Room 40 succeeded in decoding the encryption of the Zimmermann telegram. With the full text of the encoded telegram, Hall was still faced with one question. How should he deliver this telegram to the United States? Of course, as it was difficult to prove the authenticity of this intercepted telegram, he couldn't directly present it to President Wilson and say, Look, your friend Zimmerman has stabbed you in the back. This would undoubtedly be a stupid move. Wilson had suffered a great loss during World War I for the sake of Germany. Yet, he remained neutral. When speaking about Wilson's unprecedented persistence, Theodore Roosevelt let it slip that even if the Germans kicked Wilson in the ass, he would dust off and reason softly with them. For these reasons, Hall could not hastily disclose the contents of the intercepted telegram. He was afraid that if he did, Germany would turn it around and accuse Britain of provoking dissension between Germany and America. Should that happen, not only would Room 40's existence be exposed to Germany, but America would also become suspicious of Britain's intentions. If this happened, the war would not come to an end within the foreseeable future. Hence, Hall had to figure out a way to gather authentic and reliable evidence that was undeniable. In other words, he needed the original draft of the German telegram to Mexico. Only in this way could Germany's intentions be truly exposed to the United States. More importantly, Germany would not discover that the telegram was intercepted by the British intelligence. Otherwise, Germany would simply change the codes and communication modes, and all the efforts by the British intelligence agencies over the years would go in vain. While Hall was racking his brains for a solution, a British spy in Mexico brought him good news. It was discovered by a Briton who ran a printing factory in Mexico that one of his workers was using the factory's equipment to secretly print counterfeit money. This was the equivalent of committing suicide, as Mexico had just promulgated a decree which stipulated the death penalty for counterfeiters. Nonetheless, the Mexican police were not as friendly to the British back then. The British boss had to first put the evidence into his safe and then turn to a friend for help. Meanwhile, the Mexican worker came back only to find that his counterfeit money printing plate was missing. Immediately, he realized that the boss might have found out his secret. He then put on a show of playing innocent and reported to the police that his British boss had printed the counterfeit money in secret. This British boss was soon sentenced to death. On the eve before his death sentence, Hall's spy showed up and saved him. Of course, this help had to be repaid, and a friend of the British boss happened to be a manager for the Mexican telegraph office. With the help of this friend, the spy finally obtained the original draft of the Zimmerman telegram. By then, Germany's unrestricted submarine warfare had gone on for ten days. Although Wilson had declared that they would break off diplomatic relations with Germany, he did not declare war. He even told the media that the United States would continue its neutrality unless Germany had conducted a blatant and deliberate act of war. 
It was now time for this telegram which carried the evidence of Germany's blatant and deliberate act of war to come onto the stage. It would be the last straw that forced Wilson to give up his principle of neutrality.